quite a bit of reading within the message that um, uh, to try to get uh, to get done, and so we want to get started. We're going to be going first to Philippians, the second chapter for our opening text. Uh, Philippians chapter two, and we're going to be reading verses twelve through fifteen. And we covet your prayers as we uh, attempt to minister the Word of God today. This is what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. He said, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Let me stop right there. I want to interject something because... That one phrase there, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a part of a passage that's quoted a whole lot, and a lot of times people pull it out of context when they, uh, uh, when they quote it, but when you put it in the context of where, where it's placed, notice, notice there, and I think you'll get, you get a, a, a deeper understanding, it says, therefore, my beloved, now, he's talking to the church, because he says, Beloved, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Paul was in prison. You see, I've, I've told you many times, a lot of people open up the Bible, they just start reading, they try, and they try to get the correct interpretation without understanding all the consequences and what's going on around it, and you ain't going to be able to do it that way. you got to do some other study. Hallelujah. Paul was in prison when he wrote this, and he talks about his absence. He says he talks about their obedience and how they've obeyed. He says, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What Paul was saying says, look, you're going to have to do something on your own. You're going to have to do some things without me because I'm not going to be there. That's what this whole thing means right there. Hallelujah. He said, not only is it in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation. How many knows a lot of people depend on the pastor for everything? Hallelujah. A lot of folks don't even open their Bible except on Sunday morning when the pastor preaches. How you know I'm preaching you the truth if you don't check it out? Hey, guess what? I'm, I, I'm, I'm human. That makes me fallible. I could mess up. I have messed up. If I live long enough, I'll mess up again in the future. Thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit, amen, that will give me direction when I do start messing up, hallelujah. But Paul says, look, now I'm not going to be there. I'm, I, I'm, I'm locked up. So you're going to have to work out your own salvation. You can't depend on me to do all your praying. You can't depend on me to do all your Bible studying. You can't depend on me to do all your fasting. You're going to have to work out a few things for yourself. Hallelujah. Let's continue continue to read. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Oh, my. Wow. 
<laughs> do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless, harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. I want to call your attention to that last part because that's what I'm going to be speaking about today. He says, In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Look at your neighbor and say, Let your light shine. Look at somebody else and say, Let your light shine. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we come to you today. We thank you and we praise you for the privilege to be in your house. Thank you, God, for your goodness and grace. Now, God, for the next few moments of time, we ask God for your anointing to rest upon us, that we might minister the word as you have placed in our heart today. We'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you on a subject title today, Let His Glory Shine in the darkness. Let His glory shine in the darkness. Now, I don't believe anyone with any spiritual understanding can deny the intensity of darkness which seems to be engulfing our world today. Hallelujah. Righteousness and integrity seems to be suffering, setback, and defeat on a daily basis. It seems as if society has completely turned its back upon God, His Word, and the principles which made this nation great and the envy of other nations around the globe. Don't too many countries envy America anymore. Don't too many countries respect America anymore. Amen. Now, having said this, it appears that we as Christians have one or two options. Amen. I think all of us have talked about what's going on in the world at one time or another. We realize the darkness, amen, that's engulfed the planet and, and everything is happening. I mean, we don't, have to, we don't have to really say any more about that because everybody knows Hallelujah. Amen. Of everything that's happening and, and everything that's going on. And by the way, I praise God for, as of the date, one million people has signed the online petition to boycott Target for their stand. It's already hit them in the pocket. Their, their shares in their stock is going down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hit them where their pocketbook is. I'm thankful. There's some, a lot of things I don't care too much about, about Walmart, but at least they understand and they've got the right solution. Also, I was at Lowe's yesterday and they got the right solution. Hallelujah. Amen. There's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. Hallelujah. Amen, but I, I found that out over one million people. That's going, that's going to get a message across, folks. Hallelujah. Amen. So, and that brings us to what I'm talking about here. 
Because we as Christians have really just got two options. When we talk about all uh, uh, of the darkness that is in the world today, first, we can cower down and allow the darkness to make us negative and hateful toward those who promote the evil, or we can allow the light of His glory to shine forth and penetrate the darkness toward truth, godliness, and righteousness will not be hidden in this darkened world. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I don't choose to cower down. I don't choose to crawl in a corner or under a rock somewhere, but God has got the glory of the Holy Ghost in me. He has given me, and I choose to let that light shine. I'm not going to just talk about everything bad's going I intend to stand forth. What are you going to do? Come on, hallelujah. We need to let the glory shine in the darkness. I recall many years ago when I was a very young man, a speech that was given by President John F. Kennedy. And in the course of his speech, he quoted an old proverb it goes back it goes back many many years and uh it's become to be anonymous because nobody really knows for sure who who first spoke it and who who originated but in the course of John F Kennedy's speech he quoted this proverb that says it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. It's easy for us to get together and talk about all the darkness that's in the land and complain and carry on, amen, about everything that bad that's going on. Amen. That's an easy way out. That's a, way, that, that's a way that don't have no solution to it. That's a way that's going not going to affect the darkness whatsoever. Hallelujah. Amen. So what good do we do when we just sit around and talk about the darkness, amen, that goes, in, or goes across the land? Just like this old proverb, it's better to light, amen, a candle. And if you sense the darkness that's in this hour, I challenge you to light that candle and let it shine forth. Because we, the church of Jesus Christ, were called to be a city set on a hill to be viewed by all those who dwell in the lowland of sin and despair. We're here for a reason, church. It ain't just to jump up and down and run the house and have a good time. Hallelujah. When he was in the world, he said he was alive of the world but look at your Bible after he's gone he said now ye are the light of the world Jim. oh hallelujah glory to God we're supposed to let that light shine not just get under a shade tree somewhere and talk about everything bad that's happening glory to God we're that city set on a hill and that city set on the hill can be viewed by all who dwell in the lowland of sin and despair now, there's a couple things I want to talk about today. Amen. In the course of this, and number one, this darkness has been predicted. It's been predicted. This is, this is not something that's come upon us unaware. It's not something that we should be surprised at. 
I'm going to tell you something. The devil is going to always be the devil. Hallelujah. Wickedness, amen, is always going to be present. Come on. Hallelujah. There's nothing different about that, nothing new, amen, about that. Amen. And the Word of God predicted and prophesied that this day would come. Now, I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 60 and read, begin to read in verse 1. And we want to read a couple, uh, two or three verses, and then we're going to talk about this. Notice what he says in Isaiah. Arise, shine. Arise, shine. The darker the midnight, the more a light is needed to keep people from stumbling. Hallelujah. God expects you, His church, He expects us not to just sit back, not to just cower down, as what I said a few minutes ago, but He expects His church to arise and to shine. Listen, let's go ahead and read this. For thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Hallelujah. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. I don't know what you think, but I believe we're there. I believe we're there. Hallelujah. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. Hallelujah. I love that. And his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Hallelujah. It's just like I told the folks this past Wednesday night. Hallelujah. The solution is not in Washington, D.C. The solution is not in the state legislature. Come on. Hallelujah. I don't care who wins the presidency. Ain't none of them going to solve the problem. Hallelujah. There is nobody going to be able to come on the scene and make America great again. Because the problems in America, amen, are more problems, folks. There are more problems. Hallelujah. And uh, and um, uh, um, Chronicles, uh, Second Chronicles, and we, we, we quoted it and put it up on the screen Wednesday night. God said, if my people, he didn't say if the president, he didn't say if the governor of the state, he didn't say if the state legislator, but he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to rise up. You're going to have to quit standing there. You're going to have to let your light shine. You're going to have to get active. If you don't want the devil to take this thing over. Hallelujah. I've heard church people complain about prayer uh, and Bibles being taken out of the school. Amen. Till I'm sick of it in the stomach. And it makes me almost want to vomit because church people sat back and didn't do nothing. One woman, Madeline O'Hara, took it to the Supreme Court and got it out of the schools. And the church people said, well, Oh, I didn't think that would ever happen. Hello, somebody. Hello. 
the blood of everybody lost is going to fall on the hands of the people in the church because it's our responsibility. It's not nobody else's responsibility. It's our responsibility. Uh, Darkness, amen, was predicted. Now this passage here in Isaiah chapter 60 has got a twofold interpretation. We know that the reference is made here to Zion, which refers to Jerusalem and Israel. I understand that, and he talks a lot right through there in Isaiah about uh, uh, the reformation of Israel. I understand that. But I believe Zion also has a spiritual connotation to the church of Jesus Christ. It is through the church that light came to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Light didn't come, amen, through the uh, nation of Israel. Light came, uh, hallelujah, when Peter went down to Cornelius' house. Uh, hallelujah, when God cleared him out of all that prejudice uh, and hatred of people that ain't like him. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And went down there and preached the gospel uh, and took those keys that God gave him and unlocked the door so the Gentiles, that's me and you, could have a chance of eternal life. Uh, oh, glory to God. And it was the church that brought us that light. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's what he's talking about here. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the church. It is through the church that light came to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. And that's what he says there in Isaiah. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light. Hallelujah. Oh, think about where the world would be if it wasn't for the church of Jesus Christ all down through history shining forth that light. God forbid this last century church to cower down and quit letting that light shine. Amen to those who's walking in darkness. The glory of the Lord rose upon the church on the day of Pentecost at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now we got a lot of people living in Pentecostal churches don't think it's necessary to get the Holy Ghost no more. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why, and that's the main reason why, that our baptistries have always been filled, but the pews always stay empty. Hallelujah. Because they get dumped under the water, and they think, uh, I tell every, just about everybody, listen, baptism is not a cure-all. Hallelujah. Some of you put too much dependence on baptism. And I blame apostolic people for that. I blame that. A lot of apostolic preachers is like the old gunslingers of the past. They like to have another notch on their belt. Well, I baptize this one in Jesus' name. I baptize that one. Well, that's great and good. Where are they at now? Hallelujah. If you don't go ahead and get the Holy Ghost with the evidence of talking and tongues, you just well as not getting the water because that water ain't going to save you. It ain't going to do you no good. Come on, somebody. Is this an apostolic church or is it not? Hallelujah. We need to understand that the Holy Ghost is not an option. It's not an option. You can't choose where you want it or where you don't want it. Some people, they just afraid. They're afraid of getting 
out of losing control of themselves. Hallelujah. I remember one time, one man's testimony, he came to an apostolic church and he, uh, he wanted the Holy Ghost, or at least he said he did. But back then, they don't do it nowadays. Back then, they used to call us holy rollers. They had a reason to then. They don't have much reason to now. Hallelujah. Glory. He said, Lord, I want the Holy Ghost, but I'm not. I'm not going to roll to get it. When you start putting demands upon God, you're not going to get it. And the majority of the people, the majority of the people, Brother Bobby, who's been filled with the Holy Ghost, hadn't rolled to get it. it. You don't find it in the Scripture. But because that man made the statement, and he started telling God what he wasn't going to do, just as sure as you start telling God what you're not going to do, you better be careful. and he pleaded and he did everything for months on end <laughs> to one Sunday night he gave in his testimony he said I knew I wanted the spirit of God in me more than anything in the world and I decided on that Sunday night that I was going to the altar and I wasn't going to leave until God filled me and as he was praying and seeking God God spoke to him and says, it's time to humble yourself. He kept on praying, fill me with the Holy Ghost. God says, I said, humble yourself. Hallelujah. He says, okay, God, I brought it on myself, and so I'm ready. That man dropped down to the floor, and this was his very words. He said, I rolled like a hot dog from one end of that building to the other end. He said, I did that about two times. And on the second time around, when my head come up, I was speaking in tongues. Every time my head come up, I was speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Talk. What are you saying? I'm telling you that we got to get hungry for God. And we got to realize that we don't have a power in ourselves. There's a lot of church people today do not have the power to let go of some habits that they really let go. And let me tell you something. You never will on your own. It's going to take the Holy Ghost in your life. Let me know, oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you a little something about me. I've been in church all my life. But before God brought me into further truth, when I uh, get upset and get angry, I'd have a problem letting some of these three or four little words come out of my mouth. Wasn't right. I knew it wasn't right. God already called me to, to preach. I was 14 years old. They'd come. Every time they'd come, I said, I'm putting my foot down. I ain't going to say that word no more. I couldn't do it. You know why? Because Sammy Pruitt didn't have the power to do it. I couldn't do it. When I went to Murfreesboro, Tennessee on a Sunday night, 
And I stood in a prayer line as a minister was praying. And he laid hands on me, and I went out like a lot land on my back. And God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I realized several months later, I didn't have no problem with that word no more. I didn't have to. I didn't have to say I've got the willpower. I'm gonna make myself. So let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost took care of it. And some of you, if you'd really get filled to the brim with the Holy Ghost, it'd take care of some of the problems that you're. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, this, listen, I'm a mile away from my notes right now, but this fits right in with what I'm talking about. It goes back back from Wednesday. God said, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. We got a lot of people on church pews that their life is filled with wicked ways. And they're bad people. It's because they're trying to do something without the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy, listen, the talking in tongue part, that's just an insignificant little bitty part about it. That's not the total purpose. And to be honest, God wants to see the fruit of the, more of the fruit of the Spirit come out of you than He wants to see you talking in tongues. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. See, so that's not the issue. The issue is for us yielding ourselves to the will of God and God's plan. If we want to see change in this United States of America, boss, we have got to humble ourselves, seek the face of God, amen, and make a turn. That's what really repentance is all about. Hallelujah. Now, Let's speed forward from the day of Pentecost to the world just prior to the coming of Christ and the establishment of, this, of His rule upon this earth. Because listen, the Bible teaches that Jesus is going to set up rule for 1,000 years on this planet, the millennial reign. Hallelujah. I, some people deny it, but I preach and I believe a literal 1,000-year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. We spent Wednesday night teaching on that for several months here, right after we came here, hallelujah, about the millennial reign. He's coming, and he's going to set up rule and reign. And there are many scriptures in the Bible that prophesy and talk about his coming. But before that happens... Before that happens, as we go forth through the day, we clearly see the darkness which pervades the land. But in this darkness, the Lord shall rise upon his people to penetrate the darkness to allow his glory to shine through. Now we read Isaiah chapter 60, where he said, Arise and shine, for your light has come. Hallelujah. And he talked about the darkness that covered the land, gross darkness of people. But before we can get a true picture of that, we got to look at the context of what happened. So I've, I want to talk about the progression of departing from God. What brought us to Isaiah chapter 60? What brought us to the point and place that darkness completely covers the land and gross darkness the people? you got to back up to Isaiah 59 
Because Isaiah 59 and Isaiah 60 belong together. They flow together. And I'm going to read, and like I said, there's a lot of Scripture here, and I don't normally do this, but I'm going to read the entire chapter of Isaiah 59 because I want you to get a, 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 a good picture of this. Isaiah chapter 59, beginning in verse 1, and we're going all the way down to verse 21. It said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. My, my, my. What has led to the darkness covering the land? What has led to gross darkness covering the people? God said, it ain't, he said, it's not that, uh, uh, that my hand is shortened. It's not that I do not have the power to save. It's not that my ear is not too heavy that it cannot hear. But God says your iniquities have separated between you and your God. I, I worked with a guy one time. <laughs> Brother Bobby, a lot of what Brother Bobby mentioned this morning fits in right with this. It's some confirmation. And he was talking about how different ones are known for their work. This one guy, uh, he, came, he came in on, on a Monday. He, he, he went to me and he said, oh, man, we had a great time at church Sunday night. Oh, really? He said, yeah. He says, man, I got my praise on. We did a little dancing. We little, did, did a little this and did a little bit of that. Oh, that's, that's great. About 30, 40 minutes proceeded on in time, and he was cussing like a sailor. At lunchtime, he got together with some other guys, and they was looking at dirty pictures. Come on, somebody. And I'm scratching my head. I said, what happened to that good time in church? You see... I said that to say this. It's not about emotionalism. Anybody can get emotional. Any, I, I, I've, seen, I've been to churches and I've seen people shout to false doctrine. But that don't mean the Holy Ghost is in it. They get emotional about something that they really strongly believe in. But if what they believe in is false, what's good to shout? Hallelujah. I've been, I've been, I've been to the baptizings on the riverbanks and the creek banks when I was, and see, see them folks, amen, just shout all over the riverbank every time they stuck somebody under the titles. That, there's nothing to that, folks. There's nothing to that. Hallelujah. We're not talking about emotionalism here. We're talking about letting the Spirit of God rule and reign in somebody's heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said in verse 3, For your hands are defiled with blood. Let me tell you something. America has got blood on her hands for all of those 50 million, some of them there's more than that, unborn children that's been aborted. That's what he's talking about. Your hands are defiled with blood. Your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. 
your tongue have muttered perversiveness. Oh, my Lord. I won't even get off into that right now with what's going on in our, in our world and our society today. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch, my Lord, this, this word in here, they hatch cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh into my, my, mind. Some people think I'm a hard preacher. Glory. Their wealth shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their lands. Can you believe the amount of violence that's in this country today? Uh, it's unimaginable. Uh, people being shot, children being shot. Look what, look what happened right here in our own city down at the bus station downtown Nashville. Hallelujah. My Lord, violence everywhere. Their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their path. The way of peace they know not. And there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us. Neither doeth justice overtake us. We wait for, now here we are. Now we're building up to Isaiah chapter 60. We wait for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness, my Lord. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday. See how this builds up to come right into Isaiah chapter 60? We are desolate, well, we are in desolate places as dead men. We roar like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, there is none for salvation, but it's far off from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, for as for our iniquities, we know them. In our transgression and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God. Speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving, and utterly from the heart, uh, the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street. And equity cannot enter, yea, truth faileth. We're living in that day, folks, that people call evil good and good evil. Hallelujah. Amen. Truth faileth, and he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. It, listen, if you try to depart from what's wrong, if you try to do what's right, you're going to be praying this land today. 
They're going to be after you. If you decide to let your light shine, amen, they're going to hunt you down. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm not telling you what I'm saying that we got to do. It's going to be easy. Hallelujah. Amen. But for those who, 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 who desire to stand for truth and let the light shine, they're going to be the ones that's hunted. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it pleased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. We've seen all this going on. Are we taking the time to pray? Are we taking the time to intercede? I don't know how many in this room today that have children or grandchildren that's in the public school system. But you, if you do, you better make sure you keep a close eye on the books and everything else that they're teaching the children today. Because the Supreme Court has already signed it in law they know, they know that they're not going to do very well in changing somebody like me. I've only got a few years on me. They're about giving that up. But they're in the process. And because I am in the public school system, I hear a little bit more than what some of you hear. I know what's coming on the horizon in the next two years in Metro Nashville schools. I know what's coming in the health books. I know that they're going to be they're going to be teaching and brainwashing your kids and your grandkids. Amen. And then when parents try to stand up against it, they're going to start taking kids away from parents for standing up for truth. You mark my words on that. We're here at it. We're here at it. He said he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation to them, and his righteousness it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing. This is talking about God now as he begins to bring vengeance upon all these that's going against him and going against the word. And was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. To the islands he will repay recompense. So shall I feel the name of the Lord. Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Now, here's another scripture that we have used and we've made it personal. But I'm going to tell you something. He's talking about a whole nation of people. When the enemy shall come in like a flood. There's been a lot of floods, natural floods in our land here lately. Grandmother and children was drowned just here the other day in Texas. There's a lot of natural floods. But I'm going to tell you tonight, the day, church, there is a far greater flood.
that is coming in like a tsunami across the United States. From sea to shining sea, the enemy has come in this nation like a flood. Hallelujah. But listen, folks, uh, that don't mean that we need to carry down. That don't mean that we need to be afraid. Glory to God, it means that's what I'm preaching about. We need to let his glory shine in the darkness because God has promised in his word when the enemy shall come in like a flood that the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm not ready to quit yet. I don't know about you, but I'm not ready to quit fighting. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm ready to continue. Amen. And do so much more. Hallelujah. Because souls are at stake. Do you hear me? Souls are at stake. And people are going to die and be lost unless there's a church. Amen. In this day and this hour, willing to stand up and let the glory of the Lord shine from them. God has already promised you you will not stand alone. Hallelujah. He has promised you that he will lift up a standard and the Redeemer shall come to Zion and unto them that turn from transgression to Jacob, uh, to Jacob uh, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my co- Oh, I've been teaching about covenants on Wednesday night. Those of you that's been listening, you ought to pick up on this. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Who? A covenant shall be with who? Verse 20 tells, And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. God says for those folks... Hallelujah, for those who stand up. He said, this is going to be my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of thy mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, saith, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. Glory to God. And then it goes right back into what, amen, to what we began with in Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Let me tell you something. If you're Holy Ghost filled today. You've got the glory of the Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? If the Spirit of God is moving within you, the glory of God's there. Mm. How many times, and I'm fixing to come to close. I'm fixing to come to close. But how many times have we heard people Make this statement. How many times that I, I know people have come to me and pray for me? Pray for me, brother. Pray that I have enough strength to stand. Let me leave this with you today. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you have already got enough within you to stand and win the battle. There's nothing more that you can get if you got the Holy Ghost within you, if you got it living within you. You got it in there. You got what it takes to you. And what we've got to do is just arise to stand and let the glory of the Lord come forth and let his glory shine in the darkness. The tabernacle of Moses 
when you entered in the holy place. In, in the holy place, there was the table of showbread on one side, and there was the golden candlestick on the other side, and then there was the altar of incense. And when the high priest went in, the candlestick was burning that lit up the holy place. But when you went past that veil, and listen, that veil was thick and it was heavy. There's no way light could pass through that veil. The only article that was in the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant. There's no candlestick on the other side of the veil. Once that high priest crossed through the veil, where do you think the light came that enabled him to walk around there and apply the blood from the sacrifice to the altar? Brother Wayne, it was, it was the Shekinah glory of God. The light of God radiated from off the mercy seat. Hallelujah. And it lit up the whole place. It lit up. That same glory, that same glory is ours through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's ours. Let's stand together right now.